Leah Woodward is a business strategist, teacher of online technology, serial entrepreneur, wife, and mother. She and her husband, Jonathan, have undergone a tremendous experiment, trying to figure out what it would be like to be location independent, to have the freedom to work and live anywhere. The location-independent experiment has taken them from fairly mainstream, successful, high-powered business jobs to a portfolio of online businesses that they can run from anywhere. They have spent significant time in Panama, Granada, Buenos Aires, Toronto, Cape Town, Thailand, Italy, Dubai, and many other places. Now that they are the parents of two young children, they have reestablished a home base in the UK but are continuing to work out how to travel, how to parent, and how to run their businesses. Leah and I talk about work-life balance, distribution of tasks, and the places that she dreams about taking her kids someday. This is a conversation with someone who really gets what it means to reimagine family life, to write her own rules for her and her family as she seeks to build the kind of life that she wants. If you're interested in knowing more about Leah's work, check out locationindependent.com or her website, leahwoodward.com. You'll find links to both of these sites on parentingreimagined.org. I am Sherry Walling, and I'm so glad to bring you this conversation with Leah Woodward. This is Parenting Reimagined. A place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents, and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. So my name is Leah Woodward and I am um, a business strategist and entrepreneur. I have a, a number of different ventures. Um, I'm married to Jonathan, who is a professional illustrator, and I have a daughter, Marley, who is four, and um, a son, Samson, who is three months. And what kind of businesses do you run? Um, they're all online, so we're location-dependent. We have very deliberately built all of our ventures so that we can actually do them from anywhere because we do quite a lot of traveling. So I, I have a private mentoring group in which I mentor other, um, I call them pioneers. Most They're largely women who are sort of pioneering in their field or sort of leading the way and using online technology um, to help others. Um, I have uh, an online tech training school for women, so that's called Startup Training School, and that is designed to again help female business owners just get themselves online and get their businesses online so we teach them how to set up a wordpress website how to use mailing list software how to take payments online basically how to run their business online and i also have uh, a website called location independent and we sell a range of digital products so ebooks and a coaching program and then with my husband we have we run a resource site for illustrators called Zero to Illo, and we run an annual conference in the UK for illustrators to help them sort of run better businesses. And then I just help my husband with his businesses as well. He's a creative, so he's not so good at the business <laughs> side of things. 
<laughs> it it takes a team. It does, yes. <laughs> it's it's fascinating just how many different kinds of things you're doing, <laughs> but certainly there's a theme throughout that you are doing a lot of business development and strategizing with women. And I wonder if you'd say why you have decided to work so much with female entrepreneurs. I guess it wasn't something that sort of was conscious to begin with. It's more developed that way. And I think certainly being um, being a woman online, I the location independent site was one of the first ones I set up and it, it got a momentum of its own and it kind of took off. And I found myself, I guess, at the forefront of a field which was very um, heavily dominated by men <laughs> and sort of young younger men, I guess, kind of leave, graduates leaving university Um and sort of guys in their 20s and there weren't so many women um probably back in about 2007 and over the years it's obviously improved a lot and there are now a lot more women sort of blogging and, and running their online businesses and I think I used to run a web design and development business with my husband and one of the things that we found is that we would often get quite a lot of our female clients come to us and they were the ones who'd been sort of stung and burnt by other companies who um, you know, who are charging them a fortune for hosting that they didn't need and charging them an absolute fortune for um, like making tiny little tweaks to their websites and basically building them websites and um, giving them advice that really didn't work. Um, and that, you know, it was, seemed to be designed to just get money from them. And I think obviously just being a woman online, women gravitate to me anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's kind of, it's turned into a business where I mostly focus on women. We're not exclusive. So obviously, you know, I, have, I do I do mentor. Um, I have a few clients who are men as well. Um, but I think it's it's nice for women in a field that's quite dominated traditionally by men to see other women kind of leading the way and, you know, and doing quite well in it. Yeah, it also seems like online businesses, there are pros and cons, but do have some benefits, particularly for women who are raising children. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of your experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've you know we've consciously designed, and certainly in the last probably twelve to eighteen months, um, and certainly knowing that we've we've had a, you know second one on the way, and obviously he's now here, is is kind of consciously designing the business and and the offerings that that I have to fit around the kids, and so that I can I can still continue to work and I can still continue to do the business stuff, but obviously you know I, I'm at home, it's flexible, I'm not having to travel into an office every day the timings in terms of when I work can fit around the kids schedule so you know we do quite a lot of work in the evenings when hopefully they're both asleep and in bed you know but also I can get up in the mornings and do work again when they're both in bed and it's you know it's hard it it is really tough to do it because as any parent will know trying to fit in you know trying to fit in running your own business and grow your own business with kids and all the household duties and you know and also that we've got the travel on top of that it's there just aren't enough hours in the day yeah it's quite yeah it's quite tricky it's also hard to run your business around nap time you know yeah children are to some degree are somewhat unpredictable yeah particularly when they're younger (laughs) sure and you have a little one yeah (laughs) yeah so you've used this term location independent, and I think that's that's kind of your term, right? You um, yeah, that term. I kind of created it, um, hence owning the domain name. Okay, <laughs> yes. Domain name equals yeah. authorship at yeah. this point. So uh, for people who, are, who aren't familiar with that term or with that idea, would you talk a little bit about that lifestyle and, sure. and what location independent is? 
initially it, it had very strong connotations with the ability to live and work from anywhere um, and that's essentially what we were doing so we were actually nomadic for a number of years about four years and we were traveling around running our businesses online and that's kind of how I came up with the term location independence and you know it, it very much is still associated with that sort of nomadic lifestyle of running your business online and just traveling wherever you want to um, I think for me it's sort of evolved into meaning much more this concept of freedom so it isn't just about traveling it's about creating the business and the lifestyle that allows you the freedom to choose so you can be location independent and still have a home base we still have a home base but we could work from anywhere if we you know if we choose to and that anywhere can literally be from you know a coffee shop down the road to um you know to halfway around the world the kind of message that I try to communicate these days about being location independent is it's more about the freedom to choose where you work from versus actually, you know, having to be on the road and be nomadic and be running your business online. Why do you think freedom and location is important? Um, I think, I mean, it, obviously, you know, travelers and people who are very into travel naturally gravitate towards the concept. And that was really what attracted us to begin with. I think with business the way it is these days and you know that things obviously things are changing and the opportunities that were previously there for people to have careers and to stay in one career is completely you know it's being eroded that that idea of that and the ability to be able to generate your income independent of location so to be able to have clients and customers from halfway around the world or you know it doesn't matter where you are but you can still generate an income I think is quite powerful you know it's very empowering to people certainly people in say small towns and villages where there aren't there aren't many opportunities you know even in big cities it, you know it can be really tricky to find the career and the, the job that you want you know, and this feeling of empowerment, I think, and learning how to use the tools and basically sort of create your own opportunities, irrespective of where you are, is for me, the, you know, the, the real kind of big plus point about it. Hmm. So in 2009 or so, yeah. your, your daughter joined you somewhat unexpectedly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we were in uh, Cape Town, South Africa at the time. And we basically decided we weren't that hugely bothered about having children and we'd not been sort of trying and we'd not been not you know trying not to and it just hadn't happened and so we were kind of like you know actually we're fine with it and I, I had actually announced I think on one of my blogs three months before finding out that I was pregnant that you know we decided we weren't going to have children um, and then obviously I, <laughs> I found out I was pregnant um, which was unexpected and um, yeah, so we, we, we came back to the UK to have her for one reason or another. We decided it was just easier to, to have her in the UK. Came back here and, uh, and and Marley arrived. And then we'd always had the idea that we were going to take off with her again. So we then kind of waited. I think she was four months before we started, or before we became nomadic, essentially. We rented out our house again and um, headed off to Thailand. We spent a year on the road with her without a base, just moving. Uh, I think we were in Thailand. Dubai, Turkey, and then Edinburgh, I think. And then we decided that we wanted a base. Some people really love the nomadic lifestyle, even with kids. And for us, it just felt much easier, particularly with the businesses, to have a base so that we could have the time sometimes to just have an easy life, you know, to, 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 be, yeah. to be somewhere where we know how things work and it's not so challenging, you know, to be able to focus on the business. And, um, and obviously there's that social aspect of, you know, of, of kids as they grow up. They, for us, it was important that she got to know her family 
my a lot of my family is spread out all over the world but certainly my husband's family are based in the uk um and we wanted her to make some you know some foundational ties almost with uh you know with members of the family so that she had that grounding i guess Mm. you know as well as the sort of travel and the 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 nomadic aspect what kinds of things were were tricky about being nomadic with with a baby i I guess i'm thinking about childcare and health issues and yeah i mean the childcare. you know we we have pretty much taken care of them ourselves the whole time and when we were on the road with her it wasn't really so much at a time where we needed to join sort of baby and toddler groups when she kind of got that little bit older sort of towards one I think we were in Edinburgh then and we found some you know mother and toddler groups um and I think it's going through that stage from sort of one to you know one onwards where they where it's important obviously for them to to do the socialization thing it's finding the groups and finding the activities certainly if you're moving around a lot to you know to kind of allow them to to experience that health issues it was certainly a factor in deciding where to go for us I mean you know when it was just the two of us it wasn't quite so important but obviously with a child you know we want to be and certainly a young one you want to be somewhere where you can get to good quality health care if you need it we don't want you know we didn't want to pump our system full of all sorts of vaccinations and things that might be required yellow fever and malaria and all sorts of things like that so again it just determined where we chose to travel to uh, the places that we traveled they had first world healthcare kind of hospitals and uh, um you know not all over the place but there were there were mm-hmm. the opportunities and the options to have that um if you if obviously if you needed it um, so you know it just it adds that extra element that you just have to think about whereas you know when it's the two of you you can just kind of you can be much more flexible probably much more spontaneous mm. with kids there's a bigger planning element i'd say to it and how has adding a, a second child added to the mix of your thoughts about location independence <laughs> yes and... <laughs> we um we, he's been on his first overseas trip to Italy already he was a perfect little traveler on the flight we are uh, we're kind of ready we've been I'd say settled for a couple of years now where we are without doing too many or, or any kind of big trips and we've been on smaller trips around Europe we're sort of ready to do something a bit more adventurous so we're heading off to Thailand I think at the beginning of 2014 and again, you know, Samson will be probably at the worst age, actually, for flying, because he'll probably be starting to be mobile by then, <laughs> sort of 10 months or so. Good luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, for us, we want a base. You know, I know families do it and they are permanently nomadic and they don't have bases. But for us, we've just decided that it's much easier with a base. And our our mode of travel, I think, has changed in that we we like having that base, but equally we quite like doing two or three months in different places so it's that combination of sort of you know maybe three or four months in the UK at our base doing a couple of months somewhere coming back again maybe going off again for a couple of months I think ultimately we'd actually you know we'd like to have maybe two three or four bases different bases around the world so we'd actually just shuffle between them Um, Hmm. that's Hmm. kind of I think where we're working towards Well, that's a great idea. So you have little apartments or yeah. small yeah. places you know, places, that are yours. Exactly. And, and, you know, we've got our stuff there. We also, it's it's being able to plug into communities and being able to plug into a place so that it, it's it's not super challenging every time you go somewhere. Um, you have a physician that you know. Exactly. And, and you a know, couple of friends exactly. down the street. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, we're, we're planning to homeschool them both. So the schooling aspect isn't so important, but certainly, you know, the social activities and, um, and friends and just having those kinds of um, 
opportunities available it's much easier if we if we're going back to places that we know most of the time you know we might take trips well we probably will take trips which are more adventurous and that you know it's completely new places but just not on that ongoing you know everywhere we go is somewhere completely new so I want to follow up too on the homeschooling so you've decided to homeschool yeah and is is that particularly for educational reasons or because yeah. it, it facilitates it's more travel. yeah it's more I mean if we weren't traveling we'd do it anyway it's more for the educational reasons in that um neither of us are, are particularly big fans of certainly in the UK the schooling system here it's you know as I'm sure a, a lot of people are aware that the world of business and commerce and and kind of where kids the environment that kids go into these days is quite different when it comes to their careers and I just don't think the education system, um, at least in the UK, has caught up yet. So they're still they're still following the kind of system where it's important to get the qualifications so that you can go to the right university so that you can then get the right kind of job in, you know, probably the corporate world in the city. But then, you know, those aren't jobs for life anymore. And people have to be much savvier in terms of managing and navigating their own career paths. Um, and uh, I don't think the, the education systems are set up to to give them the skills to do that at the moment. And you know, I'm sure it will come at some point, but it's certainly not at the moment. Both Jonathan and I have followed that quite traditional path when it comes to going to school and university and then getting a job. And obviously now we're doing our own thing. And I think we'd like to give our kids the opportunity to see the other side of things so that it, it, you don't have to follow that traditional path. And there are different, um, you know, there are different paths and there are different routes that you can take. Um, it's not that they have to follow in our footsteps at all. It's more just showing them that there is a different way. And obviously they can choose which path they want to tread. But, you know, it's not that you have to follow in that default path. You want to prepare them for a broader range of paths. Yeah. So they have more choices. Exactly. And, you know, just open their eyes, I think, to the opportunities and kind of broaden their skills and, and you know, broaden their skills and deepen their skills in some of the things that I think are more important these days than ever before. We have a lot of conversations in our house about, about cursive. My son had some handwriting assignments to learn cursive, right. but he but he hasn't had any assignments to learn typing. Right. And so we're, we're like, wait, <laughs> you need <laughs> typing way more than cursive. Uh, yeah. Can't but, it, but it's one of those ways in which the, the old uh, tradition of exactly. education is yeah. catching up. Exactly. And to me, that's my job as a parent is to prepare them for the world that they're going to be living in and operating in. Yeah. And at the moment, I don't think our education system is, is as geared up as it could be to do that. Are there ways that your time in a variety of cultures has shaped the way that you parent? Yeah, I think so. I think, it, you know, I think it's probably made us a lot more open to different approaches. I mean, it, the whole parenthood thing is so fraught, I think, with pressures and what you think you should be doing. And certainly in, uh, you know, I guess the States is similar, but certainly in the UK, there are the books and the websites and the ways that you you should be parenting. And I think it's in other cultures, um, certainly say Africa, perhaps, um, you know, and even in Asia, you don't have the trappings that we have. You don't have all the equipment. You don't have all of the, the um, I guess, the kind of aids to help you parent. You know, you, you, you have to just get on with things, I think. And there's, I guess people would call it attachment parenting. You know, you sort of wear your baby and they sleep in the same room and all the stuff that just, I think, used to be quite natural. I think it's opened our eyes to just trusting our intuition more and that, that what you read often about in the UK and the US isn't always the best way to do it. And that, you know, actually other cultures get on just as well 
using the traditional methods that they've always used. And I think that has been, to me, a really useful reminder um, that, you know, we can be, I guess, overly, overly careful and overly planned in the Western culture about about what we do and how we parent and kind of over controlling almost. Um, And I'm a control freak, so... (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right that there's a a lot of anxiety and pressure around parenting and when you spend time in in cultures that have been relatively free of that kind of modern pressure to have the right gear and follow the science and those kinds of things that that there is this sort of long-standing traditional wisdom that is is really valuable but also reminds you that there are lots of ways to parent yeah Exactly. You know, and, and many of them have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and they've almost been sanitized out of our culture, um, you know, in some ways. Uh, and I think it's useful to just have that reminder that actually other cultures do bring up their children without all of the sort of trappings and studies and research that we have. And, you know, and a lot of their kids do just fine. Right. It is kind of funny, though, to to be, I spent some time living in sub-Saharan Africa, and, and women, of course, just grab a, a piece of fabric, yep. wrap, wrap their babies on their backs, and, you yep. know, go about their day. Yep. And then when I was having my children, realizing that there were 18 different types of cloth wrap sling yes. devices that yep. cost anywhere from 50 to $150 yep. when like wait and it's a nightmare choosing and you know have you got the right one and is that one ergonomically designed to get them in the right position (laughs) and there are like 15 books about baby wear yes and all the youtube videos and everything (laughs) right (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) we're going back in time (laughs) oh what are what are some things that you have especially enjoyed about being a mother um i think learning from my children which is not something that i um, I'd never really thought about it, I guess. It wasn't that I wasn't expecting to. I just not thought about that side of things. You know, I think seeing seeing certainly my daughter the way she is in most situations and, you know, she's fearless about things and she keeps, she'll fail at things all the time and she'll keep trying. And it's all of those little lessons that, you know, we build things up in, in often in such a big way. Um, and when you're a kid, you don't, you know, you don't necessarily know what's going on. You don't know what's happening. You just accept and take things for as they are and how they come, you know, and as a control freak for me, it's sort of controlling things and planning things. And I think children have this way of navigating the world that they just get on with it, you know, and I learn so much from, certainly from her. And obviously I'm sure I will do from Samson as well as he grows up, you know, every day, I think. And I think that that to me is one of the unexpected things of being a parent. Mm. It's not something, you know, it's not something you really think you'll do. It's not something you think about beforehand. Most people don't set out to be parents because of what it will teach them. No, not at all. But I think it's a common experience. Yeah. When you're when you're open to it. Yeah, definitely. Are there specific places that you are looking forward to sharing with your children? Definitely Asia. Um, I'm um, Filipino by sort of uh, genetics. I was adopted from birth, but um, I've never really been. I've been to the Philippines once. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong, and I've spent quite a bit of time there. But I'd love to. I'd love to explore the Philippines and just explore a little bit more about kind of my Asian backgrounds with with both of them. I think they'll. I think they'll find it really interesting. My daughter's already really proud of being Asian. <laughs> she, she's kind of. <laughs> 
mummy, am I cleverer than her because I'm Asian? (laughs) (laughs) Mummy, can I say something like this because I'm Asian and she can't say it in the same way? (laughs) So she's got that, you know, she's already got quite a strong identity, although I don't think she really gets it. You know, she knows obviously just the colouring with her black hair and she, the visual side of things she can see. But it's quite a strange concept still. And she, like, I don't think she can remember when we were in Thailand. So she's not had that exposure to kind of being in an Asian country. And, you know, I think she's quite used to it. I don't think she notices it so much. And where we live, there aren't that many, you know, I don't think she sees many Asian people around at all, actually. So I think it'll be really interesting to kind of, you know, to introduce them to a culture and to be in places where actually everyone looks much more similar. Because she's, yeah. she's used to looking quite different, I think. She's quite proud of it. Um, so, so a neat experience to explore. Definitely, yeah. Your family heritage and culture. And yeah, definitely. What are you hoping that your children will take away from their time with you? Like, what what is their what is going to be their unique experience because you are their mother? I think probably two things. The first is that it's it's not just okay, but it's you know it's perfect to be who they are and to be how they are and that they don't have to fit into a mold and they don't have to follow a path just because everybody else is doing that you know obviously we've done that but we've kind of trodden off the path and forged our own path you know that's definitely a message I want them I want them to kind of learn from what Jonathan and I have done and I think the second thing is 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 probably Jonathan's a creative and I know certainly in the UK that creative aspect and that creative side of kids is really, it's not nurtured. You know, Ken Robinson is obviously quite well known for, for talking about how important creativity is in the school and education system. And it just is completely ignored, if not squashed at the moment in the education system. Marley's already a prolific artist. You know, she fills two sketchbooks a week, I think. And I know for a fact that, you know, obviously if she went to a kind of a a normal school, it would be kind of crushed out of her. And I think having us as parents and certainly Jonathan, it's that, you know, we will nurture that creativity and we'll see it and encourage it just as much as the academic side of things. And, you know, and that's obviously important to us. And Jonathan makes his living from being creative and artistic, Um, you know, and I think it's it it's so positive for them to be able to see that and that, that, that that's possible. So that's a pretty unique experience for them to be in a, in a family, in a household that really fosters that and celebrates it. Yeah. You know, I hope so. I think that's, uh, I think I'm hoping it will be a really positive influence on them and, uh, you know, and just showing them what can be done. So one, one last question, just thinking about all that you're doing and, and I know you're not in the midst of homeschooling yet, but planning to homeschool, traveling frequently, running a portfolio of, of yeah. businesses. <laughs> how, how are how are you and your husband sort of balancing all of it and, and still figure, figuring <laughs> yeah, out roles and all that? It's an ongoing challenge. Um, you know, it is. It's, it's it's been the toughest thing ever since Sunny Molly came along, and, and particularly since Samson came along. And on almost on a kind of daily or weekly basis, it's something that we just, it's like a tango that we do. <laughs> and we've just, in the last uh, month or so, uh, implemented a completely different way of working, which is 
which is in response to the fact that since Samsung came along, obviously, we, you know, we run a, diff- a number of different businesses. Both of us have our own responsibilities and kind of career paths and ventures that we're trying to push forward. And it, it was getting to a stage where we were literally arguing on a day, almost daily basis about who was going to get the time to do stuff that day and who was going to get the time to work on what they needed. And, you know, the bickering of, well, you got more than I did. <laughs> You know, all of the kind of just the stressful little bickering arguments. So we decided, you know, we realised that we couldn't continue to do that. And it obviously wasn't healthy for anybody. And we basically decided that whereas we've always had 50-50 responsibility for income generation and, and, and um, you know, who, who brings money into the household, we've basically switched it now so that I get a year to grow my ventures and projects and I take on 100% responsibility for bringing the household income into the house. Jonathan primarily takes the role of kind of home person and child carer. And then after a year, we'll hopefully switch and he can then progress his various projects and his illustration career, which so far it's working. Although having said that, you know, we, we agreed up front that with Jonathan being an illustrator, the thing about his work is that it's, it's quite sporadic and that he never knows, you know, obviously he'll do his marketing, but he never knows when a project's going to come up. It's just, it's at the mercy, like most freelancers, of kind of when someone decides to hire you and when they need you. And he's just won a couple of really, really, like his dream projects, basically. Wow. You know, one of them's doing an, an animation for um, a very well-known children's TV channel. And the other one is basically a, an award-winning children's book publisher who have approached him and they want to like, they've, you know, they basically want to kind of write a book for him so that, for him to illustrate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so they're his dream projects. And I, I am not going to turn around and say, no, sorry, you can't do them. But they, you know, given our agreement, it's now kind of back to where he actually needs the time to work on those. So we're kind of back to that juggle a little bit, but the, mm-hmm. the, general premise is that it's you know it's my year at the moment and then it will become his year uh next july it is your goal then to grow your businesses to a point where they're somewhat self-sustaining when your year is up yeah totally yeah i mean the the, the one project that i want to grow which is startup training school the model i've got for that is that it doesn't require me to be working kind of in the business like i just need to be managing it but ultimately the income will be kind of passive there'll be other people delivering the support and the services and I'll just kind of need to manage them. Um, And then on on my own site and the services that I'm offering now, I'll continue to do that, but that's really sustainable. But also the products that I launched there, I already have a number of digital products and I just want, again, to grow that side of things so that the passive income streams start to really take over from the active income streams, you know, and then I can just sit back and do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, because being with small children is equivalent to sitting back and doing nothing. (laughs) But it it is an interesting model. And I I mean, I fished around on your website a little bit about, I forget some of your language, but you're essentially really pursuing growth for a year and then going into kind of a maintenance phase. Yeah. I kind of call it maintenance mode where, you know, things, I'm such a system, systems and processes person. I used to be a management consultant. I've kind of got that strategic, logical brain. So I, I like to set things up in a way that well, they'll kind of run themselves and that it, they'll just take maybe a few hours a week. And, you know, I could stop, I could stop now where I'm at and things would be okay. And, you know, the systems and processes are in place, but you know, I just want to grow, <laughs> I kind of just want to grow things just because it's fun and it's a challenge. 
Um, and I want to have, you know, I want to reach a certain level. I also want to be running a project where, and this is something I haven't done, so just as a professional challenge for me, where it's actually generating, like, jobs and roles for other people. Okay. Um, and for me, you know, I've, it's always been kind of stuff that I can manage very easily and that I can do and that it's either passive or I just have, a, you know, I'm, I'm actually delivering services. And I'd quite like to grow a business where it's... Um, I don't want to become a manager of people, so it won't be, you know, it will be freelance kind of outsourced to people, but I am actually creating opportunities for other people. You know, and that uh, just from a professional side of things, for me, that's something that I want to grow. The next challenge you're taking on. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks so much. I have enjoyed talking with you twice now. It's my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish you all the best as you continue to figure out how to do... Thank you. Business and kids and the whole yep. deal. <laughs> have it all. <laughs> yeah, well, have it all except sleep. Yeah. <laughs> have a great Thanks, evening. You too. Bye. Bye. That is the end of my conversation with Leah Woodward. If you're interested in learning more about the work that she does, her website is leahwoodward.com. That's L-E-A woodward.com. And you can also check out locationindependent.com. To learn more about the techniques that she and her family have come up with that allow them to work from anywhere. Thanks so much for listening to this interview. We'll be back next week with another one. Take care until then, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting. Parenting.